Hey friends, I appreciate you tuning into the Deal Farm podcast where I hope you feel at least mildly entertained and possibly even inspired to take big action towards improving your life and your business. On this episode, Kevin and I talk with Jessica and Jason Park about their new venture into real estate while, get this, juggling a job, a successful spa business, and making a television show and movies on the side. Yep, you've got to stay tuned in to hear their incredible story. Hey, Ken, how you doing today? I uh, couldn't be better, man. How about yourself? I could be better. I could be, you know, I think I am due for a vacation. I have not had a legit vacation. Well, there was COVID, and then we had a baby, and there was a hospital visit, and I, it's been a long time since I had a vacation. Well, yeah, you got a newborn at home. It's hard, it's hard vacation with a newborn, man. That's not. I'd happening. love to just sleep through the night. If I could sleep through the night, man, that would be a phenomenal vacation. That would be your vacation, just eight hours of sleep. Yeah. Okay. You're leaving though, aren't you? Aren't you going someplace? Yeah, we're leaving tomorrow actually for a week. It's uh, our winter break. It's over President's Day weekend. And um, yeah, we love getting away. I gotta be honest, we vacation a lot. I don't know if you've noticed that about us. We get out of town as much as we can. Oh, I've been there, man. Before the baby came along, man, we were, we did a lot of traveling. Uh, Absolutely. But have you ever had a, I know where you're going next week and I'm jealous. I I think it's going to be a phenomenal, but have you ever had a vacation where you get back home at the end of it and you felt like, I think I need a vacation for my vacation. Like you just come home and you're just exhausted. Oh, totally. I, you know, those are like the adventure or sightseeing vacations versus like the, I'm just going to go and relax vacation. We honestly, Anita, especially we tend more towards this, like, let's go relax vacation. But every now and then it's like, and you know, we're going to go to, we're going to go to London and we're going to see some stuff. And, and she's usually on board, but you got to sort of mentally gear up, prepare for, okay, this isn't a relaxing vacation. This is an experience. See as much as we can vacation. Yeah, see, we've been the opposite. We, we have done tons and tons of the adventure type of vacations. And we have to really be intentional. Of, okay, this is a relaxed vacation. We're not going to, and we really have to tell ourselves, we're not going to do anything. We're going to go to this spot and we're not going to do a bunch of research and find all the things to do. It's like, we're just going to sit in the sun or by the pool and just in, enjoy it. Because yeah. we just, just immediately just go to the adventure, explore, do, and then you're just tired. It's fun. Yeah. It's blast, but man, it's not necessarily relaxing. Yeah, I we we do a lot of um, camping trips too throughout the out the year, and those are very much unplugged vacations. And to me, that's the way I recharge. Really, our whole family recharges is going somewhere to unplug and to read a book and like lay in a hammock and just to let your batteries recharge. And I, I find, especially in our business, that's so fast paced. We got so much going on. It's mm-hmm. important to get away and get recharged. And the and adventure ones are fun, but they don't necessarily recharge your batteries. Yeah. So what do you think? I mean, what are the ingredients? Like if you're you know going into a, vac- a vacation, what are the ingredients that make for a great vacation? You know, something that you're going to talk about for you know years to come. Well, I mean, I think the first thing is identify the purpose of the vacation. So mm-hmm. like you know, this summer uh, we took the kids on. We called it the tour of the Midwest. <laughs> they were not thrilled about it. I'm not gonna lie. They were not thrilled. Yay, Midwest. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like, you know, it's during COVID. You can't go anywhere anyways. It was much easier just to jump in a car and just drive. And so we like hit a bunch of cities that we would never normally hit. So it, I'd never been to Huntsville before. I went to Huntsville, never spent any time in Memphis, went to St. Louis, went to Chicago, ended up in uh, Michigan. And just the whole purpose was to just see an experience. Yeah. And, uh, and as long as they knew that, like I had to prepare the kids up front, like this is not, 
just go lay around. This is, we're going to see some, and I'm going to turn off your devices and make you look out the window for a little while. Like just see the cornfields in the middle of the country. And there's huge togetherness, right? I mean, that, yes. that's an that, uh, for your family. I mean, just relationally, those that's something your kids will talk about for decades. And yeah. you and I had that growing up. Like totally. I can remember being in the back of the station wagon, driving to you know Southern California. No seatbelts. It was back in the day where you know <laughs> sleeping on the floorboards, facing sleeping, backwards. Uh, I just remember sitting in the, the the seat that faced backwards, so I had to like yes, wave all the people behind us. <laughs> <laughs> but you you make memories. Like I, you know, we drove to Wyoming. We drove to you know Southern California growing up. It's same thing now. You know, with our own kids, you know, planning things where hey, we're going to experience this together. Like and that, there's great value in that if you know, hey, this is why we're doing it. Right, yeah. you, you have that ahead of time that that's a goal. Yeah. Yeah. You got to sort of plan in advance. It's funny. Anita, um, a successful vacation for Anita is one where we don't plan anything, where we just show up and like it's spur of the moment. And it's funny. We're, we're both kind of that way. Actually, I don't I don't love planning stuff. Those are those are tend to be more like the beach trips, you know, the the not the big sightseeing trips. But it's like, let's just show up and then just do what we feel like doing. And yep. that's some of our, honestly, our best vacations together have been like, let's, let's read the book today, or let's go check out the mall today or whatever we're going to do. Um, and that really recharges her batteries is to just have nothing on the agenda, nothing pulling her in any direction. Well, it gives you a maximum amount of, of felt freedom and autonomy, right? Which yep. oftentimes we don't feel in our day-to-day lives where you don't have the necessarily the freedom or the autonomy because you're just covered with responsibility right. and agenda and schedule. I like to, you know, when we go on vacations, I like to do a ton of research ahead of time. Like I want to know the ins and out of the destination and sort of stack the shelves with more than I could ever do. And then do like you do. Then once you're there, it's like, okay, what do I want to do? I don't want to get these five different things. What if we did this? What if we do that? And then, but I feel like that, that way I know the ins and out of a location and I can make choices from there. You know, maybe yeah. it's just staying by the pool or maybe it's, Hey, let's go check this place out or, or whatnot. Yep. You know, when we did um, a couple of years ago, right, right before COVID, we did, um, we did London and we did Paris. We'd never been to Europe before. And that was the, one of the few times that I actually hired a travel agent. I was like, okay, if we're going to do this, like somebody needs to help me plan this whole thing out. Cause we do want to experience as much as possible in a condensed time frame, And it was worth every penny. I'm so glad yep. that we did. Cause we got to experience so much. Well, and that's, you know, so we talked about, you know, ingredients and one ingredient is, is, uh, you know, freedom, flexibility, investing in your family, knowing why you're doing it. Another is that is adventure. You know, some people that's a high value. I want adventure. I want exploration for other people. It's like, I don't want to exploration or adventure. This is a vacation, not, you know, not a, but you need to know that about yourself, right. To know why, why you're going into something and, and having a travel agent can help regulate how much of that falls on yourself. Uh, one of the things we love doing is we'll go to a foreign country uh, and not know a whole lot. Like I love landing in a spot and being like, so how, how are we going to do this? How are we going to navigate <laughs> the trains, the ferries, the, how are we going to, and I've like, been a lot of times we've been in other countries and we've had to, all right, well, we got to get flights. Going to have to figure out a train. Where are we going to stay? And there is uh, and not everyone's wired that way, but we love that. Just figuring yeah. it out as you go, the, sort of the challenge, the adventure. Uh, and, you know, I don't want to sleep on the street tonight. So how are we going to figure this out? <laughs> That's really not being prepared. I, at the very least, like to know that what hotels or condos we're going to stay in. At the very least, I'm like, I got our accommodations figured out. Then from there, we'll we'll figure it out. So just go to the local market, meet some really nice lady, ask them, <laughs> hey, where, where can we stay tonight? <laughs> Do you have a spare bedroom, by chance, I could stay <laughs> yeah, tonight? No kidding. Yeah. That's funny. So best, as you think back, you got any vacations that for you just really stand out that were exceptional? 
And we've had a lot. I'll be honest. We've been very good about taking the kids yearly on multiple vacations, you know, doing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's Anita and I, too. Like, I think it's important for married couples to get away from the kids. And same thing. Have a, you know, get some time away with that autonomy and build on your work on your relationship and just time away from the kids. So Anita and I did Hawaii this year, this last year in 2022. And it was it was amazing. It was everything we had hoped it would be. And and it was one of those trips, too. It was it was a little bit of both. It was the adventure, but it was also the downtime. We sort of did, did a good job of navigating both of those and really going. All I did was just book the different places we were going to stay. And then when we got there, it was like the day of, we'll figure it out. Yeah. And we just, same thing, sort of researched the things we wanted to do. And then we just sort of figured it out in real time that the Hawaii trip stands out for me. We, um, you know, the other, we're not huge cruisers. We've been on a handful of cruises, but I think my favorite cruise to date, and I would do it again in a heartbeat was to Alaska. Have, oh, you guys, really? have you done the Alaskan cruise? Uh, no, but if I did Alaska, I don't know that I would do a cruise. I, I think we'd fly and then do the train, uh, take the trains all around Alaska. Well, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, this is sort of the uh, training wells version of a lot doing Alaska. Well, what, what, what made that so special, though? I mean, it sounds like it was fun, but it, I think we we, with the, we took the family, and even the kids would tell you the same thing. There was no pool on the cruise. Like it was actually the top level was like a grassy field where you could play croquet, and I mean, it was it was very yeah. different than the typical cruise ship. But I think just experiencing such a different environment, you know, and every stop you'd get out and you'd see the salmon hatcheries or you'd see, wild, you know, bald eagles everywhere. Mm-hmm. Seeing, you'd see bears. I mean, it was just you'd see the glaciers, stuff that you would never see, you know, down here in the in the lower 48, being up there and being just seeing something completely different. And mm-hmm. even in the middle of the summer to experience kind of cold and mm-hmm. you know you're wearing these heavy jackets looking at glaciers the kids loved it we loved it i would do alaska again in, in a heartbeat like you said maybe if we went back up there it wouldn't be just a cruise we'd probably spend a little bit more time on land but it sounds like you got that you know a high factor of adventure of of discovery but you're on a cruise boat so you you still have sort of the chill relax recharge your batteries so you kind of get best of both worlds or something yeah. like that yeah maybe that's with what it your was. family with yeah. the family too. right you're and you're and that's funny i a big part of my motivation now in doing vacations is literally injecting my kids with memories yes because yes. when you think that's about right. your childhood what are you most of the time you're thinking about spending time with your family and trips but, yeah. and things that you went vacations, on vacations the stuff you did together that's right so you know part of our purpose in in doing vacations and times it's just that it's just mm-hmm. creating really positive experiences for our kids and for the family yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what do you have out on the horizon that you're excited about for vacation wise? Well, uh, speaking of cruises, we're doing a cruise here shortly. Uh, we got one lined up for uh, from Mexico. Now we're doing the West Coast of Mexico, which I've never done before. So going to Cabo and Puerto Vallarta and Ensenada and all those places along the West Coast of Mexico. I'm actually really looking forward to that. Kids love cruises. So, you know, again, we'll gorge ourselves. We'll put on 10 pounds. We'll lay around a pool. We'll see some interesting things. And it's funny, for some people, the cruise is the adventure. You know, they're doing every excursion possible. That's not usually us. We'll do one or two. But for us, it really is more about just getting fat and eating too much and laying around. I cannot hear the word Puerto Vallarta. Well, first of all, I can't say it really well. And but whenever <laughs> no. all I think of is the love boat. Like every time you hear Puerto Vallarta, all I can think of is the love boat. Were you old enough? Did you watch the love I boat? Not, I remember watching a little bit of it. I don't remember that was it was. O'clock. I don't know if you got to watch that or not. Maybe not. I uh, every episode they're going to Puerto Vallarta. I don't remember that. That's hilarious. Every episode. That's all I can think of when I hear that. 
I did just read an article too about like Americans don't go to Puerto Vallarta. They're being kidnapped left and right. And I'm like, so what's can do? I'm going to take my kids. Yeah, let's, kids, let's go. Let's go check it out. Maybe we road, won't man. be doing the excursions in Puerto Vallarta. Maybe we'll stay on the ship for that. Stay on the boat. What about uh, you? What you got coming up, man? Anything uh, fun and exciting, or just more diapers? You know, the one thing I've read, you know, so with a little kid, we haven't been able to travel a whole lot, or at least not like we, we've liked it. But I said, the one thing I'm really excited about, and you're a part of this, is this summer we're going to go to California, right back to California, to, to Mount Hermon. Yep. And that's a, and we're taking our families, our parents are going to this big family thing. And I'm really excited because that's a place where we grew up going to. We, yep. we went to this camp, you know, during the summer times. We have, so we have, you know, our parents injected us with memories going to this particular camp. And now we're in a spot where we get to go back with our folks. We get to take our kids with us, bringing all the kids. And we went a few years ago uh, and mom and dad were there. Uh, they, they weren't with us. It was just great. It was like nostalgia off the charts, yeah. you know, and it's up in the Redwoods. It's beautiful. You get to go down to the beach, you take the train. So it's been some great experiences. And so I'm really looking forward to that, taking all the kids, being there as a family, and I just, uh, I probably have unrealistic expectations how great it's going to be, but I'm, I am. I'm really looking forward to it, you know? What's funny is we've uh, we've been back a couple of times just to visit the camp. Not, not, well, so this time we're doing the full week long, you know, Christian family camp, camp experience. Yeah, family yeah, camp. The whole, whole thing. We've gone back a couple of times over the years and I just wanted to show the kids like, hey, this is where I used. And it's funny. It was not, you know, it was, it was sort of a letdown. It's like, dad, this is it. What's the big deal? It's just, you know, it's <laughs> right. a field and there's some cabins. What? And it's like, you're right. It's, it, my memories were so enchanted. It's like, yes, they didn't necessarily live up to reality. Well, I'll get them on the high ropes course and the zip lines. And, you know, to, yeah. maybe maybe it'll be a great week for them, too. I'm sure if they actually experience the camp itself for a week, they'll yeah, they'll have all the feel goods, too. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I tell you, the other thing, you know, is that we talk about great vacations. Uh, a few years ago, uh, we went to to Costa Rica and spent uh, actually two weeks in Costa Rica, spent some time at the beach on the Pacific coast, spent some time up in the, the rainforest, the cloud forest. And it was a good balance between adventure and exploration and, and then also just downtime. But what set that particular trip apart is no spark, no smartphone yeah. for the whole trip. Nice. I went dark for two straight weeks and that was sort of the deal. It was sort of the agreement of it is we're going to get off the grid. We're not going to look at email. We're not going to tech. We're not doing anything. And it was really great. It really was. You oh, know, yeah. I was concerned like, what am I going to miss? And what if they need me? And what if something happens? But man, just shut everything down for two weeks. And that was phenomenal. Like it just felt so great. Oh, I'm sure. Well, that's, that's the thing that's uh, again, identifying why you're going on vacation in the first place. And then I think it is good to set some objectives, some goals. Like, do I want to unplug? Okay, if I want to unplug, if that's the purpose of spending all this money to go on this vacation, I should probably turn off my phone. I probably don't need to bring my laptop. Probably don't yes. need to check email. You know, and setting yourself up for a successful vacation is probably planning ahead in that regard. Yeah, and not letting yourself get sucked back into even, you know, Twitter. Even looking at, hey, what's going on? And, you I know, know, I just went very purposely. I'm not going to keep up with the news cycle. Yeah. I'm not going to keep up with the go what goes on in Paula. Anything. Just I'm off the grid and we're just going to be with the sloths in Costa Rica. Right? And you know? who, and who cares that they're shooting down spy balloons? I don't need to know that while I'm in I didn't need to Costa know that. that I'm good. You come not back. Knowing. It's like, what happened? What did what? I mess? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. There were spy balloons and UFOs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, to totally great. You know, the other thing uh, that's been interesting to experience as I've gotten older and now have older kids, right? So I've got, you know, three that are three kids that are adults now 
is going back to, um, uh, you know, we did a lot of Disney growing up, which is great, fun, taking the kids to Disney. And then as you're older, uh, particularly if you get older kids, it's a very different experience because it's not that it's not magical, but it's, you know, if it's you and your spouse and it's fun and it's great, but there's something just, it is, it's magical when you've got a little kid, like a five-year-old or yeah. a seven-year-old, and they're just blown away by the Disney experience of, and I can remember being a kid, being the on the Peter Pan ride and thinking that I was way up in the air. Like, how did they do this? Or, you know, yeah. when we went to Epcot, I remember our folks taking us to Epcot when we were kids and going up in the big spaceship and it looks like you're getting shrunk down and just being amazed. As a parent, watching your kid just be blown away and just like, this is amazing. <laughs> right. Makes you feel like this really is amazing. Like, this is so great. When you don't have that with kids, it's a very different experience, right? There's Yeah, there's no reason to go to Disney without kids. Kids, it, Being a kid at Disney is magical, and you remember how you felt when you were a kid, and so you want your kid to feel the same way. You want to share but, that with them. That's right. Yeah, but as an adult, it sucks. It's the worst, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's waiting in hot lines and Crowds. overpriced food. And yeah, like the Peter Pan ride is like, how is this even a ride? Like, <laughs> Wait, I mean, Waiting just... an hour and a half and be like, why did we do this? <laughs> but it's all about, yeah, the Disney's very all about much all about the kids experiencing all that. Yeah. Enchantment and whatnot. Yeah. But knowing that ahead of time, you know, knowing why you're doing it and just enjoying it in a very different way when yeah. kids are involved. A hundred percent. Yeah. You're even sort of vicariously like, you know, seeing it through their lens, like, you know, how amazing this is for them. And so it makes it amazing for you. Yeah. Cause you're yeah. watching them enjoy it. So now I'm experiencing that vicarious. It's like a vicarious joy. Yeah. Watching my older kids now travel internationally for the first time. Oh, yeah. You know, my, uh, daughter went to uh, uh, overseas to Portugal and then Spain, and I went on the trip. You know, she wanted a bunch of friends, but just seeing her go and explore and enjoy and kind of connecting, it's like that's so great because she's experiencing something I've really enjoyed traveling overseas. Uh, and even now, my oldest daughter, she's getting ready to go to Mexico, which I'm worried about. But I mean, also excited for. <laughs> Hopefully, her, you not know? Puerto Vallarta. <laughs> not Puerto Vallarta. Not Puerto Vallarta, please. No, please. <laughs> but there's a vicarious joy in seeing your kids as they get older go out and enjoy the. Even I'm not on the vacation. Somehow, I get some sort of a film filmlet seeing them enjoy that adventure exploration. You know. Yeah. Oh, I totally, I totally get that. Yeah. I mean, as, as parents, we end up doing that anyways, it, whether it's sports or activities or even watching my oldest daughter go to parties, like we're kind of vicariously living through that. Cause I know how much fun she's having. And so right. I'm yes. happy for having that much fun. So, yes. uh, what, so I guess what's a takeaway from this vacation conversation we just had, if you're going on a vacation, make it purposeful, be intentful, identify why you're going on it. And I would say prioritize it. Make time for vacations. Recognize that there's value. And a lot of people don't. I mean, a lot of people don't do the vacations. And so I think first off is recognizing that there's legitimate value, whether that's, and then figure out what that is. Is it, you know, to, to invest in your family? Is that to invest in your own mental health? Is that, to, you know, scratch an itch for adventure? But prioritize it. And then secondly, it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Like, you know, price price it out based on, you know, what your goals are and, and in a way that's affordable. Now, you mentioned camping. I love camping, love going backpacking. You know, do something that matches your price point and recognize there's huge value if you can't afford a, you know, $8,000 Disney trip. All right, well, do something that you can't afford. Yep. You know, what's um, funny is I've, uh, I've even posed to the kids, like, would you rather go here and do this or would you rather go camping? And camping obviously being yes. the less expensive of the two and how often they'll 
choose camping over the more yep. expensive trip because they just love being together and they love being in the woods and they love the setting and we're making family memories around a campfire. And so it doesn't have to be an expensive vacation. It really yeah. doesn't to, to, yeah. to have you that same You didn't have to take them to Hawaii or something like that, right? No. I mean, just go camping. And there's things you can do that are less expensive that, that can scratch that itch. Yeah. That can meet the need, but you got to prioritize it. You got to be mindful, do it, yeah. do it intentionally. Yep. Uh, you know, one of the things you mentioned camping. So we did a lot of camping with the kids growing up, love camping, but we got into houseboating. You know, we'd oh, yeah. a houseboat for the week and yep. talk about togetherness. I mean, you're just stuck on a boat together, yeah, uh, cooking together. But that, that's another thing we've just absolutely loved that the kids still talk about, still, really? still talk about doing the houseboat every year. Yeah. Not necessarily the cheapest option, but a no, fun no, option. no, no, that's a little pricier than camping. <laughs> it is a little pricier. It is, but yeah. memory making, no doubt. What about you? Other takeaways from this? Um, I, I agree with you. It's it, to me identifying the purpose of the trip on the front end. And for, you know, for a lot of our trips these days are specifically to just create experiences for our kids, whether it's touring the Midwest or going seeing some, an area that they've never seen before. And then also um, just deciding what am I, what do I want to get out of this trip? Is this for mm -hmm. me to detach or for me to experience most of the time, like this beach trip we're leaving on tomorrow, it really is just to recharge. It's to go down there and for us to unplug as much as possible and to you know, get our head right because we live busy lives and we need our batteries recharged. And so that's a big part of what this trip is about. So again, just identifying the purpose of the trip and then being disciplined to maintain that kind of throughout the trip. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of set the parameters for what success is going to look like on the back end. You know, if you, right. if you go into a trip thinking, oh, it's great, I'm going to be going to go on vacation, we get all this rest, but then there's no restfulness and you come back here, you don't want to be disappointed after spending a whole bunch of money. Just yeah. recognize this is an adventure trip. This is an experience trip, not a, not a restful trip. Yeah. The other thing, you know, the other thing that comes to mind as I think about this is, is plan vacations around what you want and what you like, not around what everybody else thinks is great for you. You know, oh, too yeah. often we're, we're looking over the fence. We're looking at their at our neighbors. Oh well, they're doing this. We should do something like this. Now figure out what me you know makes sense for you. Make figure out right. what's a great vacation for you, and who cares what other people think. Yeah, do what you love. You know, find those things that really meet your needs, whether it's for your family or for yourself, and chase after that. Yeah, uh, don't don't compare your vacations to what everyone else is doing for vacation. Love it, love it. You know, one of the things I love doing on vacations too is. Uh, is just the creative outlets. I tend to be, you know, unfortunately in my business, I don't, there's not a lot of creative outlets. So a lot of times we get together with the kids and we're listening to certain things we wouldn't listen to. We're making videos. We're doing fun things that are creative, which um, I'm honestly a little bit jealous of our next guests because one of the things they've found a great balance in is running multiple businesses, but having this amazing creative outlet in terms of making movies, like legitimate movies. Le legitimate movies, yes. And, and TV, like a TV show on their own, hundred percent self-produced self shot. I, I love the fact that these folks are just doing what they want to do. Like life by design. I'm creative over here. I'm running yep. businesses over here. And they've just recently become one of our franchisees. And I was thrilled to bring them into the Red Barn family. Um, and that's J Jason and Jessica Park. So interesting. Remarkably. And so talented. Just such, you know, that's fun having people with that amount of talent on the, on our program together. Super talented. So I guess let's uh, let's bring them on. What do you think? Yeah, let's introduce them. I, I think everyone's going to love hearing from them today. Cool. Hey, Jason and Jessica, welcome to the show. So glad to have you guys on. How you doing? Good, hey. good. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Thanks, Thanks so much us. for joining us today. Yeah, of course, absolutely. 
So you guys are definitely more more of the interesting franchisees that we've brought into Red Barn Home Buyers because you have such a cool background and you've done TV similar to what we've done, but you've done movies, you've done IT, you've got a spa, and now you're flipping houses. Maybe take us back to like, how did all this start for you guys? Oh, God. <laughs> well, it all, uh, the complexities of everything you just said started because of her, but go ahead. Love. Yeah, I'm, I'm the financial person of the house. So um, we're, Jason's very creative. Um, I have a love for the spa business, uh, but those are businesses that tend to kind of take some time to make money. So I wanted to, uh, for us as a family, A, to work together. Um, Jason's an engineer, we'll he'll talk a little bit about, and he wanted to do something a little different with his time. Um, so we just started looking at franchises and we uh, saw Red Barn and, um, it was kind of an easy, um, just kind of an easy fit for us. And, and we wanted to do something that we could both do together as a family, that we could grow and that we can actually make quite a bit of money with very little capital in, in investment. And, you know, and to just kind of piggyback off what she said, when you think of as you get older and you have, you know, a family and you have kids and, and you, you have your careers or things that you do, you don't necessarily want to do those things for the rest of your life. And they always, they have a saying, right? If you want to get rich, you sell real estate. You want to get wealthy, you own real estate. Mm-hmm. And being that I'm in IT, uh, being that, you know, we have the spa and everything like that. When you think of like for us to join Red Barn, it was, it was fairly easy because I didn't want to have to, even though I'm, I'm really good at it, I didn't want to have to hunt for deals. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the biggest thing because we have a life outside of just selling homes, right? And when you incorporate the balance of spending time with your spouse and your kids and time for yourself, the transition to us saying, hey, let's join Red Barn. Let's have join their system to help us find potential sellers so we can go and, and help them by either buying the house outright, selling the house for them, and, and help them find a solution in whatever situation that they're at. Yeah. And you talking about finding deals. Yeah. You guys popped your first deal like right out of the gate. Yeah. 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 So, that, yeah. So, first month, first. Yeah. So, that, first I, I think that was week? within the first week. I would say week to, yeah, first week, first three. I don't know if it's one to three weeks, but it, it might be the first week. Um, I know exactly how it happens. So, so, so how we run the business, it's Jason's the salesperson, and I'm more of the financial logistical person. So the first week, Jason being, you know, just really great with chatting with people, he closed one deal, like, immediately within, like, three days. But the um, buyer ended up, kind of having second thoughts and canceling. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. That wasn't the first week. That one. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So then they, what, once we went and saw the property after we already had it under contract and my wife and I and our contractor, we started discussing what we were going to do and everything that initial seller had almost seller's remorse. Cause he was like, well, if they're going to come and do all this stuff and make this money, then I can do that myself. Right. Um, But what I did do for him because he had credit issues was I put him in the in, in contact with the right person to help him 
build his credit and get out of that credit deficit that he was in. So essentially that was a win for him. Right. And then he knew what he was going to do with that property uh, after talking to us. So at, at the end of the day, we didn't get the deal, but we did help someone out. And that's really all that matters. Right. Absolutely. So then with this other deal that we're doing in Atlanta right now, we're in the middle of, of rehabbing the house and we ended up purchasing the house for one hundred and fifty thousand. So when you include closing costs, it's closer to one hundred and sixty one thousand. And then the rehab estimate that we kind of came up with when we were looking at it was about what, 60,000, 69,000. So let's just say 75,000 to be conservative. Let's just say 80. So 80 at 160, you're talking about 240. And then looking at comps that are currently going on now, even though the market has slowed down a bit, conservatively, let's say it sells at 320, which in more in, in likelihood, it'd be closer to probably a 330 th- between yeah. 330, 350. I, I wouldn't say so, by the way. The last house that just sold at the higher interest rates with one less bedroom sold within 51 days and it sold for 350. So we decided to yeah. actually build a fourth bedroom, like a, a master suite loft, because we figured the person that has the master suite is the one that's gonna you know pay for the for the house. Um, so we're, I, I mean, I, like anything could happen, but even at the higher rates, I still like to be conservative and keep it at that three hundred point. Okay. Well, I'm going to push for, <laughs> I think 350 is going to be a no brainer based on the current comps. So Philly, you're looking at a, you're looking at a hundred thousand plus profit, your first deal during your first month, right? I mean, that that's well within range. Yes. And, and, you know, I don't know if you guys can tell, but. I, as as much as I do, I'm kind of like a turtle. So I like a life of leisure in in everything, just leisurely go through life, but I'm really consistent, right? So I'll make those three to five calls every single day, won't miss a day, but I move really slow. What that allows me to do is you never burn out. You enjoy quality time with your family and friends. You can do side projects or, you know, go on side quests and still have a fruitful, fulfilling life compared to when I was younger. It's just run, run, run. Uh, and then I, in a week later, I'm like, oh, I'm over it. So by being a turtle and by us investing with Red Barn, you know, ideally somebody would want to sell a house and, and flip a house every month, every week, whatever. And then you're, you're making crazy amounts of money. But I'm perfectly fine with doing one to three houses a year and just moving really slow and making a couple hundred thousand dollars extra and just going down that path because that's the balance that kind of works for us. I love it. Yeah. And I think that's the beautiful thing about being in real estate investing is you can grow the business you want to grow. And so for you guys, I mean, crap, if you can make a hundred grand a house and you do that three times, that's a pretty darn, that's a pretty darn good side hustle if that's you want to call it. I mean, versus some people, you know, well, I've flipped a hundred in a year, multiple years where we flipped a hundred a year, but you're carrying a lot of overhead. You're, you know, you're running, you're running ragged and you know, you're it's, it becomes a machine that owns you versus the other way around. So I don't think there's a right or a wrong way to do it. And I actually really like your approach to let's just make our calls, follow up with our leads and then pop a couple of deals this year. I think that's a really good approach, honestly. Yeah. And it's, um, it, it's, it works for us just so to give you an example, it took, it took three years to actually make a hundred thousand dollars with the new spa business and five employees and a ton of capital investment. 
So we've spent very little capital and we already have, you know, within a return in less than six months. So that was. Or we, we will have the return. Yeah, we'll in less have a return. Yeah. Sure. Which is yeah. unheard of with any business. It usually takes about three years. Yep. Yep. That is, you're right. That is one of the beautiful things that you can pop up a really big profitable deal and it only takes one, you know, two, three in, in a year and you've made a really good living from it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I and I would say, you know, to people that are looking into getting into real estate investing or joining Red Barn or anything like that, is that you're going to get a lot of people that are just not motivated sellers and that's okay. Or they're going to be like, your offer is egregious and that's just outrageous and that's fine. That that lets you know that you're doing the right thing because you're going to cr- come across somebody that that needs the solution that you provide. Yeah. Well, and I think you said it and you hit the nail on the head is consistency. And that's really what it takes in this business is consistent marketing, consistent phone calls, consistent follow up. You're consistently setting appointments and doing, you know, making offers, following up on them. And that's how you get the deals. It doesn't have to be eight hours a day necessarily, but as long as you're consistent about it day in and day out, you guys are perfect example, case in point you're not even doing this full time. You know, you've got the spa, you've got it work, you're doing, you're like literally filming movies movies (laughs) and yet you're still create, you're carving out enough time consistently to make real estate work for you, which I I love the fact that you've got all this balance going on. Yeah. And we're able to do that. I mean, one of the reasons why we wanted to buy the franchise is because you guys have already the process and procedures for marketing. So we don't have to spend our time doing that. You know, Jason's good at sales. I'm good with design and, and just finance. So we can, you know, we can do all those things because of it. If we had to figure out how to market and get those leads, then that would be, you know, would then, be very time consuming. Then that becomes a full-time job. Yeah. yeah. And the other yeah. thing I really admire about Jason and what he's done is that he um, he's not afraid to make mistakes. So he just gets on the phone and he just calls and, you know, he figures it out somehow, which I think it's great because I think if you're going to make mistakes, you want to make them early on. That way you can kind of move on quick quicker which I think it's what he's done. Um, so I would say to other franchisees that, you know, not to be afraid to make mistakes, it's better to make them early on than not act and then just wait along and then make mistakes later on, which I think will cost more in the long run. Yep. Yep. You're exactly right. Totally agree. So somebody that's, uh, somebody that's out there working in nine to five, Right. You got, I love that you guys are just doers. So somebody out there's working in nine to five and they want to be doing something else. Maybe it's real estate. Maybe it's a spa. Maybe it's just something else. What advice do you give somebody that's in that position? I'll let you go first. Then. Um, I would say just to set the right expectations. Uh, Rome wasn't built in a day. And with every business, I mean, I think this is a fabulous business. Otherwise, we would not have you know partnered with you guys. But every business has its challenges. Every business has its time. So I always think about it like it's like farming. You're going to be planting seeds for a long time. We got quite lucky, you know, um, but after like that first deal, you know, Jason's been calling and, and holidays came around. So we haven't found anything else, uh, but just see it like farming. You're going to plant seeds, not get impatient. And then spring will come. You're going to start some blooming and, and just have that expectation that nothing is boom. I mean, you can get really, really lucky and it's a boom, but that should not be like the expectation. It should just be patience. I would, uh, I would say, and this is with anything in life, uh, consistency 
one, she nailed it on the head with the expectation. You know, in reality, if you really think about it, even after, you know, your monthly fees and everything, if you just get one deal a year, you're still netting, what, $65,000, $70,000 for that year. That's a salary. So, mind you, we have, you know, side jobs and all that stuff and full-time jobs. When it comes to making phone calls and all that stuff, I spend maybe an hour a day. That's it. I, I don't, I'm not sitting there trying to knock out and call every single thing. Like, there's going to be more people to call tomorrow. I spend an hour a day. The leads come in. I call them. I maybe hit up a couple for sale by owners on Zillow see what they're talking about. And then I go about my day. I'm not hung on, Oh, I, I need to get this. The deals that are meant to come as you consistently call and reach out, they'll come. So you just, you can't be, you can't have an expectation of, Oh, I'm going to do a thousand and maybe you will eventually, but in the beginning, just use that as a, as a university to learn. Yeah. Well, you, I, I love the, your approach because it's exactly what, we preach is it's this whole idea of farming and nurturing and that's, and that's usually why like any business and it was the same with your spa business. Right. It takes time to you plant the seeds, you know, and in this business, you're building a database, you're building a database of leads that now you're nurturing, you're following up, you're building relationships with. And over time, that database becomes worth gold. Same thing with your client database at the spa. Over time, you're building this database of clients that want to come back in and your business is growing. It's the same thing in real estate. And I love the fact that you guys, having already been business owners, you understand that process. Like anything, you're, you're starting you know, a foundation and then you're building it and growing it from there. You guys just happen to be really good and, and knock down a couple of deals right out of the gates. But in general, you know, it does. It takes a little time to, to water those seeds and nurture and, and wait for that, that garden to, to grow. And you guys are right there at the beginning of that process. You know, the other thing that really, you know, I got, I got a chance to talk uh, to the parks early on in the process. And one of the things that was really, impressive about you guys was your tenacity uh, and what stood out was you know the spa business that you have and not a franchise i mean you guys just did that and figured it out during covid i mean during a time when you know there were not spa businesses thriving during covid i mean people weren't going in for treatments and that sort of thing and that's when you started a new business and you built a new business when the really cards were stacked against you and you were just tenacious that you were going to make it work under the worst of circumstances. And coming out of COVID, it was like, and let's start another business. Let's look at real estate investing too. And I was like, just that, ten you know, you talk about the, the, the turtle, but the tenacity of every day getting up, we're going to, we're going to fight for this and we're going to figure it out. And that's just one of the ingredients for success for any business owner is just, we're going to overcome obstacles. We're going to solve problems and just be tenacious to figure it out. And you guys are in multiple arenas right now. You know what's interesting about that, Kevin, that you know I've always seen opportunity during difficult times. So for me, the reason why I wanted to, I was happy to open during COVID because I knew that there were a lot of people that were going to be afraid. Uh, a lot of the marketing that we did was actually online. So I see the online marketing as a, as a, a freeway. And I spent a ton of money during that time because it was empty. The freeway was empty. So I got going. And then after three years, I mean, we actually hit our, our goal numbers. I, most businesses fail with it. What is it? 90% of businesses fail within three years. Mm -hmm. um, so the same with real estate, you know, everyone's like, oh, there's a doom and gloom and the interest rates are going up and all this stuff. I'm like, well, that's great for us. I mean, there's going to be people that are not, you know, when things are like 
cheery, everyone makes money. An idiot can make money. But when things are difficult and you've got like the right strategies and like you said, the tenacity, then that's where you can kind of get ahead. Cannot agree more. I mean, that's honestly when, uh, when I built my business, you know, started in 2005, crashed in 2008. And, uh, and I was like, oh, oh no, what am I going to do? And then I, it dawned on me, wait a second. Everybody just went out of business. There is so much opportunity. And it was then that we started ramping up into the 30 a year, 50 a year, then we got to hundred a year. And it was because we saw the opportunity in the downturn. Now, I don't think what we're going into right now is anywhere near that, but it's going to, it's still going to spell opportunities. There's no doubt about it. There are going to be buying opportunities in the coming year for sure. Well, and God's not making any more land. So people need a place to live. Yep. yep. And I, I think it's, I mean, it's, to me, it's just a great business. Even, even with the downturns, no one's ever regretted owning real estate for 20 plus years, you know? Exactly right. Mm -hmm. So somebody's listening to this and, and they're, now their interest is piqued about this TV show movie that you've done. How, how, how we, could we point somebody to some of the awesome work that you guys have done? And it's not just, it's, a, it's, it's movies and it's a TV show, right? I mean, we, you got a couple things going on in this arena. Right. So we, we, have, the, we have this show called Mets by, Life, Mets by Life that documents the Mets spa and the makeovers and things that, uh, that they do. Right. So that right now is on Amazon and it's about to be on Tubi. It just got accepted on Tubi. Nice. Um, I have a few movies out. One for Migos has inter international distribution. It's on Amazon and Tubi and stuff. And then my third film, uh, Pizza Boy Rick, right now we're in post-production on that. And then when that wraps up, we'll be working on our fourth film as well. Um, That's but your I, true love. Yeah, that is my true love. But I will say in 2023, that anybody that wants to get into film, financially, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Which is why you need to get into real estate, right? To, yeah, <laughs> to yeah. your hobby. business. Yeah. yeah. Real estate makes money and then film is just, you know, film, what you do for love. Yeah, like film, film is fun, right? Like we, we make high quality films and, and we, we do a good job with it and, and we get the distribution and the views and people watch it. But in reality, it's kind of like when Netflix came and DVDs went away, that second hoorah, of, of sales are gone. So now when you think about it as an independent filmmaker, uh, you're, you're still going to, up against the universals and all that stuff. Or when you go to Netflix or Tubi or HBO Max, you're still going up against the A-list celebrities with the multi-million dollar budget films. So we've all become accustomed to that for $7.99 or $8.99 a month that to compete for someone to spend $3.99 to watch your movie that they've never heard of or never seen any of the actors. It's an uphill battle, whereas real estate, you're tenacious, you pick up the phone call, you make your offers, and it's kind of like buying and selling cars, right? If it's on the market, it's 2,500, you offer 1,700, they say, yes, you go make that $800 profit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have control with real estate. And that's one of the things I love about the franchise is that like, okay, so it allows you to make money and, and have enough time that if you want to involve yourself in like what makes you happy, like for Jason, it's film. Um, I still play video games every day, by the way. I do all that, make sure the wife's happy. I spend time with our son. I, all that, and I still play video games every day. So there is time to do what you say, need. I don't think you sleep. You must not sleep at night because you're cramming in 24 <laughs> hours worth of fun. <laughs> at least they're not building a pool right now. I mean, that really pushed <laughs> well, them over yeah, the top. Be, there's no way you could be doing that right now. 
<laughs> That's awesome. Well, Jason and Jessica, man, thanks so much for spending a little time with us. You guys are so fun to talk to. I love all the cool different things. You're very entrepreneurial, which I love. I mean, the fact that you got your hands in so many different things. Some of them are hobbies. Some of them run, are money makers. But you guys, it seems like you're living a very fulfilling life. And so it, it's fun yeah. to talk to you. Yeah. And so. great to see just right out of the gate, the sort of success you're having with Red Barn Homebuyers. I mean, that's encouraging for us. Uh, and it's just affirming to see, man, you guys uh, are doing it. I mean, just right out of the gate, doing it and having great success. We're excited about the next 10, 20, 30 years doing this together. Yeah, we can't wait to show you guys. I, we talked to Ken about filming, you know, the finished remodel. It's pretty rough property and it's it's coming along so beautifully. We're coming with the cameras is what I hear. Well, he's got the cameras. I don't need to bring cameras. I'm coming. I'm letting him film it. <laughs> movie cameras for this yep. one. That's all. But it's it's funny because I'm actually upgrading all of my stuff to like a, a very like a higher end Hollywood cinema style setup. And what's interesting when you go back to the entrepreneurial and stuff is instead of me going outright and buying it cash, what I did was I invested that money that I would have spent to buy that stuff. So then when that money doubles up, I'll just pull from that money that I invested to buy that equipment. There you go. <laughs> Always I love thinking. it. I love it. Make money in real estate to do, to do your hobby. Is what, is what <laughs> That's great. So good. Guys, thanks so much for coming. Great, great to talk to you. Thank you guys. Have a good day. Bye. Take care. Bye. Friends, thanks so much for making it all the way to the end of today's podcast. If you or possibly a friend has any interest in learning more about real estate investing or opportunities with Red Barn Home Buyers, take a minute and head on over to redbarnhomes.com and check out our investors page or our franchise page, or just drop us a note. We'd love to hear from you. Can't wait to see you on the next episode of The Deal Farm.